Welcome to the Faith and Investing Podcast, brought to you by the Eventide Center for Faith and Investing. We are an educational initiative of Eventide Asset Management, where our aim is to inspire an authentically Christian practice of modern investing. This podcast features conversations with thought leaders in the space of faith and investing, and also functions as an audio digest of the articles we feature in our online journal at faithandinvesting.com. Welcome back to the Faith and Investing Podcast. I'm Matt Gallion with the Eventide Center for Faith and Investing. Last episode, we featured an interview between ECFI Editor-at-Large Amy Sherman and author James K.A. Smith. On this episode, our executive director, Jason Meyer, sat down with Amy to dig deeper into some of Jamie's thoughts on the formative elements of modern investing and how we can reimagine some of these practices in light of the biblical story. Here's Jason's conversation with Amy. I hope you enjoyed that interview between Amy Sherman and Jamie Smith. Uh, my name is Jason. I'm the executive director of the Eventide Center for Faith and Investing, and I'm here uh, to briefly discuss that interview with Amy. So, uh, Amy, what an insightful interview. I loved it. So, thank you for um, pulling some strings to get a chance to sit down with uh, Jamie Smith and for, for uh, making time to, to organize and to conduct that interview. And thanks also for just coming on board to help us uh, with our work at the Eventide Center for Faith and Investing in an editor-at-large capacity. So appreciate that. Well, it's really been my pleasure. I'm delighted to be working with the center and thrilled that we had this opportunity to talk with Jamie. Um, he's just so good at helping us, you know, see the world through those religious lenses. Um, mm -hmm. I did think it was funny um, and maybe some of our listeners will find it a little odd here. He's a guy that says, I'm a philosopher. I, you know, I don't know that, but I'm not that financially sophisticated. Um, don't necessarily know a whole lot about the world of in investing. Um, <laughs> one of the things I particularly liked about the interview was when he brought up that example of the Christian university that has this new right. business school. And yeah. it was, you know, kind of proud of itself because it, it had put up one of those state-of-the-art uh, streaming, you know, ticker symbol uh, devices. Um, yeah. And again, Jamie recognizes this um, with those uh, religious lenses on and says, you know, that that artifact uh, is is telling a story and it's it's telling kind of a curious story. I think part of what intrigues me is the way that these scripts and rhythms um, are religious in the sense that they are subtly but constantly telling us that this is what ultimately matters. Do you mean that return is all and we are living for the return. And I just think we need to ask ourselves, what does it do to us when that becomes the dominant governing story. Jason, what do you what do you think the elements of that story are? Yeah, no, I thought that was actually really good. And this is one of the, the reasons why 
I don't think he should have been so dismissive of his ability to analyze and diagnose the world of finance and investing, because I think he puts his finger on something really, really important here. So here you have a, a Christian university and a business school, um, and they're they're proud of having this this streaming ticker tape, digital ticker tape that goes around the lobby there as an entry point into the business school. And so the, you walk through the door, and th that's the first message or story that's being communicated to you. And so just to obviously state what maybe is obvious to everyone, what's on a ticker tape is it's it's all of the publicly traded companies that uh, it's the it's the the combination of letters called a ticker that represents a real company. But then what's interesting about a ticker tape is that the information that's conveyed is that combination of letters. And then following those letters, there's either a green triangle pointing up and a, and a number or a red triangle pointing down and a number. And of course, this is indicating the most recent price changes for that company represented by that ticker. And it all streams by in, you know, with some lag, but, but in real time. And so we can, we can monitor all of the companies and their, their of the moment uh, price changes. So if you think about what that story is communicating, I think there's a few, <laughs> few um, headlines there. Um, the first is price movement, right? We're, we're trained to think about the significance of work and business and investing in terms of in terms of its return generating potential. That we're, we're being trained to see it that way. That's the narrative that's coming through is return is what matters, right? I think that's pretty obvious. One thing that I that I also think it communicates, and this is where this is where the subtlety of some of some of Jamie's analysis comes in. I believe maybe you you brought this out, Amy, with the idea of of embodiment and and disembodiment. Okay, so I think it also communicates a kind of disembodiment. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, they are companies that are streaming by, but there's an abstraction because the, we don't really think about the company. We just see a combination of letters, and it can sometimes look like a very random combination of letters. And so most people, when they see those, those letters, sometimes we recognize companies on there, but sometimes we just see letters and, and numbers, and it actually... It, it actually causes us to, it's an abstraction that causes us to see just the financial information and not the businesses behind the scenes. Right. One of the ways that this has been described is as a kind of a market view where we just see financial machinery and we're not really thinking about real businesses that are producing real products, beneficial or not. Um, enhancing the world or not, or having real practices that impact the lives of people for good or for ill. All of that is kind of subsumed beneath a combination of letters and a price movement. And so we've lost um, the visibility into the world of business. And we're trained to just say, hey, what matters is whether or not you've got green arrows in your portfolio pointing upwards. What do you what do you see, Amy? Anything else you'd, you'd note there? It's just so interesting to think about alternatives that could have been posted, right? Rather than that particular cultural artifact, imagine you walk into that beautiful new space 
And all around the walls are these very large, beautiful photographs of workers from all different types of companies, workers out in uh, farm fields, workers uh, on the loading docks, uh, you know, unloading ships, workers in laboratories, workers designing uh, things, um, artists creating uh, lovely uh, paintings. Um, something that, again, connects us back to that idea of real work done by real people in real particular contexts and situations. Um, or, or even a, or even a, a kind of a, a bunch of tools that various workers uh, around the world use, something that feels physical and material and very concrete to just, again, emphasize the idea that this investing that we're doing is, is not this magical transaction into this disembodied kind of financial machine. Um, but it's about empowering um, economic activities in the world that, that have tremendous implications for very real embodied human beings. Yeah, no, I actually really, I think that's, that would be wonderful uh, if it were something more like that. And, you know, one of the things I'm thinking about along those lines as well is, you know, what, what it means to kind of see investing through God's eyes as a part of the biblical story is to see how God made the world and how the world unfolds according to God's plan. And so what we're, what we're trying to do here is essentially to say, okay, how does God's instructions in the beginning to Adam and Eve of work being about cultivating and keeping his very good creation and making it even better, how do those commands to cultivate and keep the world play out according to God's desire throughout time through these human achievements in culture and technology. And so what I think would be really interesting, especially for a Christian business school, is to help the students to connect that garden purpose for their, for their life and, and business uh, from the beginning into the present day. And you could, you could imagine some of the, the developments that uh, have taken place through time that are in keeping with God's a design and desire there. Something along those lines, as, as well as I like the idea that you mentioned of, of just, just reaching past the financial machinery to resurface the concrete realities of business so that we can see them. Uh, for, you know, and hopefully what would be on display there are the ideals, the things that we're actually striving after to, to, find, to find businesses that are actually worthy of God's world, that are worthy of the kingdom of God. Amy, one of the, the questions that, that I would have for you, at one point, Jamie talks about a client meeting um, where he, you know, a financial advisor sits down with, with a, a prospective client to help them with their finances. And he talked about that first meeting being centered around uh, the, the financial goals and dreams of that, of that prospective client. And he sort of analyzed the way in which that story can, can be, can be bad. Like there is an opportunity for a financial advisor to be a kind of spiritual director. 
because you are asking people to become intentional about ultimate things. So there's a huge opportunity there. There's also a huge risk because if there's not alignment on both the advisor and advisee side, we can all end up chasing things that aren't aligned with God's kingdom. What do you think might be an, an alternative first conversation in a client meeting? Any, any, any thoughts there? Well, I love how he invited Christian financial advisors to even think about themselves as, as spiritual directors for their Christian clients. Um, because once questions around what are your desires get raised, we're talking about those very deep longings of the heart, um, which are really about ultimate things. And in the world story of investing, the primary agent or actor in the story is me, right? Me as the investor pursuing my desires uh, and goals, as opposed to having a sense that, no, the primary actor in the story is God, and God is at work in the world, uh, on his mission in the world. And we get to participate in that as these stewards. Uh, and so some of the conversation in that first meeting um, really ought to be around the client's understanding of God's purposes um, for investing in the world and God's passions and the things that God is really um, excited about um, us participating with him and living into our, our, our role as um, you know, kind of co-reigning, you know, being, being, having dominion, uh, in this world. And what might that look like for me as, um, a particular investor, given the way God has wired me, given the way God has given me certain assets, certain interests, certain knowledge, uh, of, of the world. Um, but you're really more of an expert on, you know, what happens in those client and investor um, meetings, but it certainly seems um, inadequate um, to only begin and really center the client at the center of the whole story. You want to kind of sit down with the person who's coming in for help and you want to essentially ask them, what do you want to do? And the, the financial advisor is essentially saying, look into the future at what you want your life to look like and help me see what you see. At the end of this process, what, what does the good life look like for, 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 for you? And, and that person gets to then speak. And, you know, part of that hopefully are good desires, but just the very framing around sort of what do you want and how can I help you? Um, I think the, the spiritual director aspect of a financial advisor can both draw out existing desires as well as by helping shape some of some of that vision to be more in line with what might be God's vision for our lives and the later the later part of our lives. And so I just think it's a very fascinating again it's another one of those really interesting story moments. There's a story being communicated through the common practice of a first meeting where we essentially say tell me what you want your future to look like and I'll help you get there. And I think the financial advisor should try to artfully help the client to imagine 
the good life according to a biblical conception, because that's the re- that's the true good life. That's where it's really found. And so that can include many of the things that I'm sure get talked about, like grandparents spending time with children or putting kids through college or saving up for for a large purchase or something like that. But it can also just get us thinking about, um, you know, other important things. And then maybe one other thought I have here is, you know, investing is usually in that conversation just thought about as simply the vehicle that gets you from point A, where they're walking into that meeting, into point B, into that beautiful future. And that's really all it is. And so the significance or purpose of investing is just about reaching a financial goal. And so the financial advisor has the ability to share about actually what's taking place when we invest, that we're, that we're allocating and intentionally directing capital toward businesses and the opportunity to strategically do that toward businesses that are doing good things in the world. And so I think what that can do is it can actually help a client to not just have a purpose in the end game, but a purpose in the day-to-day. Almost moving from a, you know, an, an instrumental view of investing to a recognition of the inherent good purposes of that and the, the joyfulness that can come in leaning into those good purposes. That's right. Yeah. And so people could find purpose in the day-to-day as they think about, you know, the here and now, what those dollars are accomplishing in the world, which, which uh, you know, if done well, is a very exciting and meaningful part of investing. That it's not just about returns for me. It's actually about generating a kind of return for God's world, that we're actually capitalizing um, value creation and we're capitalizing, even though Jamie mentioned this, we're, we're capitalizing blessing, you know, if I use that carefully. Um, we are capitalizing flourishing and the kinds of world that, uh, that God uh, made it to be and, and desires to bring about again. Great. Well, this has been um, a wonderful conversation. Thanks for, uh, thanks for taking a few minutes to just um, uh, sit down and, and discuss what we heard. I hope that all of you enjoyed this interview. For me, this is going to go into um, one of the top uh, interviews that we've done and one that I will certainly revisit and I would encourage you to do so as well. So Amy, I know that you've also been working on uh, potentially a follow-on article on this interview. Do you want to tease us a little bit with uh, what we might expect there? Well, I'm still working on it, but the general idea is, again, to just remind us of this idea that... Um, our investing practices really can shape our hearts, that, that we need to recognize the formative nature uh, of, of investing. Um, and in particular, to be alert to the ways in which the world story of investing can malform our hearts. Mm-hmm. And so what I'm trying to do is uh, pull out and identify some some key differences between the world's story of investing and God's story of investing um, and then reflect a little bit about a little bit about the ways in which our hearts are affected um, if we just are drifting along with that world story and how might we take up some new um, intentional sort of counterformative, um, activities uh, as a as a way of, of guarding <laughs> against that malformation uh, in our hearts. 
Sounds great. Looking forward to it. Well, thanks everyone for tuning in and, uh, and looking forward to future conversations. Thank you for listening to the Faith and Investing Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to subscribe, share with a friend, or rate and review us on your podcast app of choice. Your rating and review allows more people to discover helpful resources on faithful investing. To find out more about the Eventide Center for Faith and Investing, visit us at faithandinvesting.com. This communication is provided for informational purposes only and was made possible with the financial support of Eventide Asset Management, LLC, an investment advisor. Eventide Center for Faith and Investing is an educational initiative of Eventide. Information contained herein has been obtained from third-party sources believed to be reliable.